0: Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to Acts chapter 8 and reading for our text verse 30, the last part. Desire to continue with questions asked in Scripture, and this time it is the question asked of the eunuch by Philip. As Philip runs to him as he is in his chariot and hears him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Acts 8 and verse 30. There are many questions in this portion. The eunuch in fact answers the by another question in verse 31, how can I accept some man should guide me? What a statement of truth that that is. How can I understand except some man should guide me? And he desired, Philip, that he would come up and sit with him, immediately putting into action the, that desire is to have some man guide him, and then we have the questions later on, where the unit asks uh, Philip in verse thirty. Uh, sorry, in verse thirty-three, there's the question of Scripture itself, the prophet Isaiah. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away and who shall declare his generation? Who shall declare the generation of the Lord, the eternal Son of God? And then the eunuch asks two other questions in verse 34. I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this? of himself or some other man. Then when Philip began at that same scripture and preached unto him Jesus, and they came to water, he has another question. See here is water, verse 36, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And so there are many questions just in this very, short passage, and it begins with Philip asking one who is reading the Word of God, understandest thou what thou readest? And what a question that is for us. Each time we read the Word of God, and it's a great blessing that we do read the Word of God. There's so many professed Christians, so many that would say, well, we're Part of our denomination or part of the churches, or uh, we're a Christian, but they don't read the Word of God. One of the question and answers on our website with Dr. Alan Kins. He was asked how should we best study the Word of God? And he said this might seem a strange answer to begin with. He says, study it by reading it. Many people just want a a quick answer. They just want to ask some other of the Lord's people to get their quick answers instead of reading the Word of God. Now the eunuch here was reading it. He still had questions, but he was reading it first. And may we, if we are truly sincere in our faith and in following the Lord, read the Word of God. Read it in a meaningful way. Read it consecutively. Read it so that we are likely to understand the context, understand the passage and what the Lord is speaking to us through it. How many treat the Word of God like they would never treat even a newspaper? You wouldn't pick up a newspaper and get an article and just read a few paragraphs in the middle of the article you'd say you need to read the whole thing and yet many will only just read parts of the word of God and not be familiar with the full context and what the word is actually speaking to us of well before I come to three main points I want to highlight five things that they are they're really key, important teachings in this portion. The first thing is this. We have an example of a preacher and a hearer brought together. Now we know it will not always be and and most likely not in in, in our days, with an angel like speaking to the preacher to go to this particular man. But what we do understand very clearly is that God does bring preacher and hearers together, not by chance, but by design. The Apostle Paul was called to go over into Macedonia Uh, and to go and help them. That was through a vision at night. Now, of course, if someone has a regular pastor and a flock is listening to that pastor regularly, we hope we can look back when that pastor was brought to that flock that the Lord has appointed that man to be like Philip, to regularly preach the word, open that word up to his flock. And many times, that word will be blessed to them. But sometimes we have special services, and several of us here can testify of maybe a last-minute decision to go and hear a particular minister and attend some services, and the Lord has been pleased to bless those services. And we have felt persuaded not just of the blessing, but of the Lord's appointment, that we should be there and we should hear that word and the Lord's servant should take that particular text. So here we have this example of preacher, hearer brought together and maybe often uh, notice that and if we are here may we often seek to go and hear the preached word to sit under the preached word. This is an example of blessing under the preached word. So it is also an example of a preaching from the Old Testament. We you know, of course, at this time the New Testament was not written, but we have uh, the uh, Philip taking a text from the Old Testament and preaching Christ in Isaiah 53. Years ago, I was criticised once in a old people's home actually for preaching from the Old Testament. And yet we have this very clear example and the example of our Lord on the way to Emmaus in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. The Old Testament is, is Christ. He is uh, foretold. And in the New Testament, he is revealed. And may we oft expect to find our Lord Jesus Christ set forth in all the scriptures. But then in the third place, we have here an example of a passage that at first was very dark and not understood and not a prophet at all to the person reading it, and yet through the ministry it was not only opened up but made a source of real blessing. And that should be a real encouragement to us when we have passages we don't understand, still read it, Pray that the Lord would direct his servants to open that up and pray that it might be made a real blessing to our souls. A dark understanding at first and then a blessing upon that very, very passage. Then we have here an example of what the requirement is for baptism. We read the question that uh, the eunuch had of Philip, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And the answer of Philip, if thou believest with all thine heart thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Those requirements of believing with all the heart and especially the a uh, confession, the audible confession of the mouth. He, in Romans 10 we have, with the heart man believeth, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so we have here the confession of the eunuch. I believe that Jesus Christ, that is Jesus of Nazareth, is the Son of God of God. But then we have an example of the administration of the ordinance of baptism. Their Lord's commission was go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. Here is Philip, that required the eunuch that he would believe with all his heart. And here is the eunuch then being baptised. It's a direct fulfilment of Christ's commission. And it tells us how it was done. It's very important. It really shows the error of infant baptism. Here is believer's baptism, not adult baptism. Yes, the eunuch was an adult. But we believe in believers' baptism, where there is a belief, and of those, as we read in Nehemiah, those that come to understanding, that be able to give a confession, and they are baptised on that profession, that which a baby can never do. And so we have uh, the manner of it as well, we read that they went, in verse 20, 38, they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, both the candidate and the minister, and he baptised him. Baptism by immersion, going down into the water and up again, buried with him by baptism into death and risen again in newness of life. That is what is set forth in baptism. That is the right way for it to be administered. So, in this uh, short account, and beginning with this question, as Philip comes to the unit, we find examples of these five things that are very, very important in the Church of God. Well, on to then. Look, firstly, at as we are born that we are not or we do not or cannot understand the things of God. And then secondly, not understanding. It is the cause of stumbling to some and the cause of blessing to others. It should be a time that we really consider when we don't understand something. And then thirdly, God's work in conversion is to give understanding. But firstly, I want to consider how we are by nature and how the Lord has so ordered it the natural man, or man as we are born into this world, he is without understanding spiritually. It is a one of the solemn judgments of God, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die, and though physical death comes later, yet spiritual death is with everyone that is born into uh, this world. And so we have our Lord speaking in uh, John chapter twelve, and he says in verse thirty-seven, "But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake." Lord who hath believed our report now this is the first verse of Isaiah fifty three of which is the same passage that the eunuch was reading Whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe because that Isaiah said again, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts and be converted and I should heal them. It is a judicial darkness and lack of understanding that by nature we cannot understand. And it is Important to realise that. The natural man receiveth not the things of God, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And Paul tells the Corinthians that. We also have Paul in the latter chapters of Acts when he is in Rome and he is preaching and speaking to the people in Acts 28 and from verse 26. Well, in verse 24 we read, as he preached, some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. What made the difference? Well, we read in another place, as many as were ordained unto eternal life believed. But here, he says, in verse 26 of what Isaiah the prophet said, again it's Isaiah, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. So it is a judicial darkness and blindness that there cannot be an understanding or receiving of the things of God. When Paul is writing to the Ephesians, he says of them, and he would exhort them in the way that they are walking as believers. He says in chapter 4, verse 17, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. They a believer that does have understanding is exhorted to walk in a different way than those that do not have understanding. Our Lord, when he was on earth, spoke in parables, and we read that without a parable he spake not unto them. And in Matthew chapter 13, we have several parables, but one predominant one in the beginning of that chapter is the parable of the sower. And when the Lord interprets that, then he makes this distinction. Remember, there was four types of ground that the seed was cast into, which equates to four types of hearers. And he begins to interpret that, and he said therefore the parable of the sower When any one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart, this is he which receives seed by the wayside. And the thing to note is that he hears the word, and he does not understand it, and so Satan can very quickly take that word out of the heart. And that is contrasted with the fourth hearer, the hearer that brought forth fruit. And we read there, he also that receives, sorry, but he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also bringeth, beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And so the great contrast is that one does not understand no fruitfulness, the word is taken straight away, one does understand, and they bring forth fruit to the honour and glory of God. And so this is the point I want to make here, is that by nature, though man has been given understanding in many things, in electronics, in engineering, many things he can understand, he can do, in spiritual things and the things of God, there is a great darkness and lack of understanding in those things. And it is a judicial blindness and darkness, so that man of himself cannot, he cannot come, and by searching he cannot find out God. It must be by a direct teaching from God through his servants. They shall all be taught of God. We have that clearly set forth as the promises in the word of God. And those then that have understanding of the things of God, will know that that understanding has been given them. They've gone from darkness to light, from not understanding to understanding. Uh, And if we are to have assurance of life, if we are to have comfort in the word, he which hath begun a good work in you shall perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ, He must realise that such understanding of the things of God that lead to believing, to joy, to the great truths of the gospel received in the heart, they are that which must be opened up and the understanding given. Remember, when the Lord appeared, After he had risen from the dead, he appeared to the disciples on that first day of the week. We read, Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures. How very clearly it was, even the disciples, even those that had been with him, heard so many things, yet they needed the act and work of God to open their understanding so that they can understand these scriptures. I want to then look secondly at what a turning point it is when we don't understand. It can either be a cause of stumbling or cause of blessing. We think of those that are recorded in John chapter six when our Lord was teaching About himself, except ye eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man, ye have no life in you. Then he said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. All of those that were hearing him, they were interpreting it in a natural way. And the natural man, that is all he can do. When our Lord said to Nicodemus, You must be born again, he says, How can a man enter into his mother's womb and be born again? He's thinking of it in a natural way because he cannot think of it in a spiritual way. Those that were hearing, our Lord said, Except you eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man, uh, you have no life in you. They interpret it in a natural way. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And so they say, this is an hard saying, who can hear it? And they went back and walked no more with him. So it was for their downfall, their destruction, their going away from the Lord, because there were things in his teaching that they couldn't understand. And if you're online, if you're listening this evening and there are parts of the Word of God you don't understand, don't turn away from it. Attend to words, listen to the preaching, pray that the Lord will open your understanding to it. And those of us here in the chapel, it applies to us as well, that where there are those parts we don't understand, may we ask the Lord to show them to us, reveal them to us, and that it doesn't cause us to be offended and to go away and to say, well, uh, the, that can't be a truth or that can't be right. Sometimes it can be individual doctrines. You see the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, and they ridicule, they've laughed and ridiculed at me to testify of the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Ghost, because they say it's just an impossibility and and they just can't reason it, can't put their mind round it. And yet the scriptures say great is the mystery of godliness, God manifest in the flesh. We cannot understand the Trinity. It is a mystery, but it is a mystery that is clearly taught in the word of God, Father, Son and Holy Ghost, Three distinct persons in one Godhead. One God, not three gods, but three gods, uh, three persons in the Godhead. Then we have the case where Peter is speaking of the Apostle Paul's writings, and he says of him, Wherein there are some things which are hard to be understood, which they which are unlearned. Uh, and and unstable they rest or twist to their own destruction again it's a real warning where there's things that can't be understood and there's the preacher the preacher the apostle Paul and there were those because they couldn't understand his teaching they twisted it turned it around and what was it for not their saving for their destruction And yet we find the very opposite with the Bereans. They heard the Apostle Paul, they searched the Scriptures daily whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed. And we have the case here in our text with the eunuch. What an example of a passage of Scripture that begins with the reader of it not understanding at all cannot see the Lord Jesus there wonders whether he is speaking of himself, Isaiah, or some other man. And yet the Lord is pleased to make that very passage that he couldn't understand a blessing to him, where Christ is revealed to him. This is where Philip began at that same scripture, There was an example there not just of preaching from the Old Testament but from the preaching from a text, the practice we have in our churches of taking a text, a, a verse or two, and preaching from that. That is what Philip did. And so may we always remember this when we come to things we don't understand may it be in our life as well, the things that we do. What thou I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Uh, Sometimes we struggle with providences, we struggle with things in our lives, with things in other people's lives, the governance of the world and the Lord's uh, sovereignty over it all, the marrying together, the accountability of men, the wickedness of men, and God overruling that for good. Greatest example of this is in the crucifixion, delivered by the determinate counsel of God. Ye have taken and by wicked hands crucified and slain, and you have God's sovereignty, God's appointment, but also their wickedness. You have it with Joseph, Joseph saying to his brothers that he meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You sent me not here, but God, to save your lives by great deliverance. So if we're gathering tonight and there are things we can't understand, can't fathom, don't let those things be a way Satan will get in and undermine our faith, discourage us and cause us to turn back or cause us to hang our hands down and our heads perhaps in shame and we're full of confusion. God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. I want to look then thirdly that God's work in conversion is to give understanding. We read the portion in uh, Nehemiah and you would have noticed in that portion there is a pulpit made and Ezra stands on that pulpit, he opens the book in the presence of all the people, and they read, they read the word of God. Verse 8 is very concise, so they read in the book, in the law of God distinctly, and gave the sense, and caused them to understand the reading. So they put it in context of, of what it actually uh, what it was telling them, what it was, uh, the message was, and caused them to understand it. And those that were gathering there, uh, in verse 2, we read, And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, all that could hear with understanding. So it was that, we, that could hear with understanding, old enough to do so. And but they still needed that opening up and clearly setting it forth as example to us in the ministry of how we, we must set the word very clearly. And yet, though it is set clearly, we're not to learn God's truths as schoolboys learn their tasks. We still will know, however simply and clearly the word is set forth, it is still the work of God. To bring one to understand, in fact, it is the blessing of faith. We have the very clear uh, definition given in chapter eleven of Hebrews. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for; is verse one the evidence of things not seen? For by it the elders received a good report, and the very first example. Is through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. How many? They stumble at creation. They do not believe it. They do not understand it. And they stumble at that before reading far in the word of God at all. And yet we're told here that we understand that By faith. And faith is based upon the word of God. In effect it is saying we trust not men that have just been on the earth for a few years and just presume to think that they can authoritatively tell what has happened thousands of years before they're born. In fact men are saying that they know what happened millions of years ago. The word of God says no. The world is but just over 6,000 years old and faith says, I will believe God, not man. I believe in the authority of God. I believe there is a God and that he is a good God and he's given us a book and he's shown us his will and he's told us how he made the world and he's told us what we are and how we have fallen and how we need a saviour and how he's provided that saviour. He is the one that we trust, not oh, man. And it is by faith that we understand these things. May we always look upon this as a real clear mark of conversion. That the Lord is pleased to give us an ear and cause us to understand the Scriptures. Just like he did the apostles, because it is an understanding that faith is realized and the work of God is really evidenced in our lives. That those scriptures are no longer just a mystery, a dark book, but the Lord has opened our understanding. They shall all be taught of God. They shall not say every everyone to his neighbour know the Lord. They shall all know me from the least, even unto the greatest. And may we be encouraged encouraged that the Lord has worked in our heart, where he's opened our understanding, when we're brought to understand about our sinnership, when we're brought to understand about the Lord Jesus Christ, his sufferings, his death, his blood that was shed at Calvary, to understand that it is by that shedding of blood that sins were put away of his people, and that by believing in that which he has done, believing that gospel provision, that we shall be saved. And to understand that the Lord gives us Imputes to us his own righteousness, so that it is not in our good works, in what we have done, that we stand before God, but it is what he has done in his perfect life and obedience. In Christ's obedience, clothe and wash me in his blood, says the hymn writer, so shall I lift my head with joy among the sons of God. We understand about ourselves as sinners. We understand how the Lord forgives and pardons sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We understand that which is before us, outside of Christ, hellfire and the judgment to come in the Lord Jesus Christ, an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled and reserved in heaven for us. We understand what this world is, with all its bewitching cares and snares and walking by faith, we walk as pilgrims and strangers in the earth, declaring plainly that we seek a city that is yet to come. Is a blessed thing to be able to think back to when we were without understanding, when these things didn't mean anything to us and that we couldn't understand them and didn't understand them. And yet the Lord then has opened our understanding line upon line, here a little and there a little, showing us the things of God and making us to rejoice in them and maybe to walk in the very same steps as what dear uh, dear eunuch desired to walk in and did walk in. And if the Lord has opened our understanding and brought us to that same profession and belief as the eunuch had, we are those right candidates for baptism and to continue in the way of the people of God. May the Lord help us to follow through with this question, Understandest thou what thou readest? How does that question find us this evening? Do we have to say with the eunuch, No, we do not understand. And if that is the case, are we just to throw up our hands and say, There's no hope for me. The eunuch didn't do that. He didn't say there was no hope. He designed that Philip might come up and that might guide him. And the Lord blessed that means in that way. Not by Philip's power, but by God's power and God using Philip to that end. But maybe the word find us that we say we do understand. By the grace of God we do then may we give him the honour and glory and praise, and may we be encouraged that the Lord has given us that understanding. Whether it is through the word, whether it is in our lives, may we be delivered from stumbling and making shipwreck when there are those things of the Lord's dealings or his word that we cannot understand and put together. May the Lord then at his blessing. Amen.